This is Dyson Chewy X the podcast, episode 182 for the week of July 5th, 2009. Welcome to Dyson Chewy X the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dyson Chewy X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of entertaining. The announcer voice going on here. I don't know what's up with that. It's because it's a, a day off, so it's a day off. you're exuberant. Good, good times. So, hey, we're recording the podcast. This is going to be one of those Frankenstein-esque, or I, I know you've corrected me, the Frankenstein monster-esque kind of uh, dealios here. We're going to record all of the non-topic portions right now. Because it's, what, uh, 12.15 a.m. over in Japan for you, Julian? 12.17. 12.17. All right, then. So we're going to do all this stuff. Let me introduce everyone. Mary, over here to my right. Howdy. Hey, what's up, you? I am doing great. I'm happy to be anywhere but work. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Recording the podcast, good times? Yeah. All right. Moving on over to Japan, the voice inside my head, Julian, what's up, yo? It's late. I'm I know. Tired. I'm sorry, but you get to talk about Dragon Ball, you get to speak English. How much English do you speak over there, actually, on a daily basis? Um, well, it is part of my job, so I do a fair bit oh, true. of that in the classroom, although in the teacher's room, I often just speak to people in Japanese, which annoys the other English assistant, no end, because he doesn't speak Japanese. But I just don't think about it, really. It just comes out. All right, so there's Mary. There's Julian. My name's Mike, Vegito EX, ringleader of the circus here. We got uh, news, some, I don't want to say late-breaking news, but it came out last night, and I kind of went to bed without updating with so it. It's like so, early-breaking news. <laughs> early-breaking news. So uh, I'll get to it when I get up, so it's already up on the site, but we'll talk about it here. We got your news, we got your song of the week that we're going to be playing. Mary, I know I you haven't heard it yet. I cannot believe it. I know. Julian, you were just listening to it. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, not bad. So uh, we got that. We will get to our manga review of Awesomeness in the middle. We'll record at a later time. It'll probably end up being Mary, myself, and Jeff, only because of schedulings and weekends and times in Japan and stuff. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Uh, we got releases, we got emails, we got the contest, giving away the Yeah Break, Care Break CD single next week here on the show and the website, so stay tuned for that. And uh, I think that's it. So let us get to that song of the week. If you're tuning into our show for the first time, hey, we talk about Dragon Ball every week. But for the last month or so, we've had these wonderful submissions from all over the world, really, of Dragon Ball music, but arrangements, remixes of stuff. And we got another one in. I know it's totally surprising that we're still going with this. This was sent in by our buddy Kerbifer, who has, I don't know, Julian, how do you want to describe this one? It's basically an acapella medley of a bunch of different Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Kai songs, all done by Kerbifer. I, just, I don't know how many times he recorded, but it's multi-tracked voice it is. something. Oh my god, it's fantastic. It's really impressive. So why don't I uh, go ahead and play it, and we will have it up for download on the site, because he said, hey, if you want to, here's a link. So we're going to share it with you right now. <laughs> Da 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 da
Mary comments on the song. That was really creative. Oh my gosh, I can't even fathom how many recordings that must have taken and oh that's so cool it is very cool i love it when creative people put out cool stuff that's right julian you got any thoughts you want to share there that's not bad in fact it's pretty good it's pretty good reminds me of some stuff that the people in my college did back in the day actually Ah. they probably still do it but i'm not in college anymore you did a lot of that stuff were you joining in on the acapella dupe dupins uh well i wasn't personally but i was a big fan of that kind of stuff so i like that stuff i really do i think it's a, a fun fan little take you can do on the music there so that's yep. our song of the week thank you much to curve her for that anyone have any random dragon ball stuff they want to toss into the mix julian we've only talking to you in bits and pieces anything cool going on well i don't know we're getting into summer festival season here so i'm looking ahead to that and thinking about getting a yukata oh nice. so i could go in stereotypical japanese garb <laughs> i don't know most guys actually don't it's usually something the girls dress up to do but i'm different so why not <laughs> Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. Mary, how about you? You're lifting weights with your feet over here. Yeah, I just discovered this, like, this second, that I can be lifting weights on my feet as I record the podcast. Multitasking. Well, exactly. Just because I'm a lazy blob doesn't mean that I can't, you know, change that while we record the podcast. (laughs) Okay, sure, sure. It's all good. Ooh, wow. It's doing a number on my calves. All right, so anyway, anything cool going on? No, I really want brownies. (laughs) Maybe I can multi-multitask. I can lift weights and record the podcast while eating brownies, so it all cancels each other out. Sure. Sure. Oh. All right, then. So uh, that's you guys. <laughs> I don't think I got anything. You know, I said Dragon Ball related, and we got the Yukata, and we got uh, you know, weightlifting over here. Uh, I played some more Evolution on the PSP for a little bit. I know I still haven't given a full review on it. I'm getting to that. Don't hit the microphone with the weights. I didn't. Uh. I maneuvered. All right, let's just move on to the news then. 
First thing we got here, we told you a little bit about this when we had a confirmation from our buddy GotenZ1 at E3 a few weeks back, but the latest commercial, latest trailer, it's actually a full trailer showing a lot of the game for uh, Tenkaichi Daibo Ken, which is being released outside Japan as Revenge of King Piccolo. It's the new Wii game coming. It does indeed confirm Hiroki Takahashi is doing an all-new vocal theme for the game called power of dreamer in all caps by the way of course so it's a double whammy of english and all, all caps. capsness <laughs> you can hear a little bit of the song in the background still waiting i want a cd single release it sounds like a cool song but uh that's it julian any thoughts on the game with the song oh i don't know i think it's interesting to hear what this song is since he's so connected to Dragon Ball the series. I really yeah. enjoyed that CD that they put out a while ago. So I'm interested to hear how this one compares. Definitely. I think this is the first new Dragon Ball related music other than re-recordings. You know, we had the Makafushigi uh, 2005. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And then you're talking about the 21st century versions. But this is an actual new song that he's doing the for property franchise. that doesn't get enough love. No, that's right. Hey, I'm looking forward There's to it. There's also Inazuma Challenger. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there's kind of new image songs on there, but whether or not yeah, they were they Dragon were, Ball related. Yeah, Dragon Ball is, yeah. Right. So, good stuff there. I'm looking forward to the game. The trailer shows yeah, a lot I'm more really stuff. really looking forward to it. I'm, it's I can't wait to have Mary play a Dragon Ball game and, and not her, be angry and not be angry get in depth on the reviews there I'm looking to play a, a game you know all the way through for once alright so another video game news it's actually all video game news this episode I know how much you love that Mary yeah, but at least it's varied. It is. We have some release dates going on. We knew that Attack of the Saiyans, or uh, what was it, Saiyajin Raishu over in Japan, Julian? Yep. Uh, which was Kai over in Japan, but it's just being called DBZ everywhere else. Uh, it came out in Japan on April 28th of 2009, I think it was. I think I put 8 on the homepage. I gotta correct that. There's no way that came out last year. <laughs> but uh, IGN updated with release dates for the UK and North America of September 30th and... November 30th, respectively, later this year. So that's not confirmed anywhere else other than uh, Namco Bandai put out press releases uh, a couple of weeks ago saying in the fall. So that lines up pretty well. IGN also updated with a North American release date for Raging Blast, which is the new PS3 360 game. Uh, same thing, November 30th, 2009. No releases for Japan or Europe on there. And then Revenge of King Piccolo on the Wii. We know it's coming out uh, in Japan on July 23rd, so actually just a couple of weeks there. And then the U.S., this is a weird one, IGN is listing December 30th. It's almost half a year in between releases, if that's to they be They couldn't believed. even bother to have it out before the holidays? I hate it when they do that. It, it sucks. I guess people can use, like, if they get gift, gift cards. cards. Yeah. Yes. Well, you can put in a gift, you know, I owe you one video game. It's not <laughs> I, I know I've gotten that at some point in time, IOUs from people on video games. I appreciate those. So, I don't know, Julian, any thoughts on releases? Are you going to be picking up? Uh, I know Saijin Raishu's been up for a while. Are you planning on picking that up at any point? Mm, maybe renting it. I finally have a card with Tsutaya, so I can rent stuff now. Oh, good deal. Mary, which of these games are you interested in the most? Dragon Ball. Uh, King Piccolo on the Wii? Yeah. Excellent. Looking Absolutely. Forward to playing that. All right, let's uh, finish it up with the last bit of news. This is what I was talking about with uh, just posting it up earlier today. It's, what is it, Friday right now? I don't even know. Namco Bandai confirms North American distribution. Well, we know this because they're releasing all three of these new games over here in the U.S. However, this press release confirms a lot more than that, saying uh, they now have an agreement for five years beginning in January 20, 
2010, which, as the press release notes, supersedes the existing rights granted to publish titles on and then all of the systems uh, related to the agreement. Ooh. Yeah. Burn. So let's give a brief recap. Atari, Infogrames, whatever company owns whatever name at any given time and who has acquired who, they have been, uh, not, yeah, I guess publishing the games over here in North America and a little bit in Europe and other places, although they have always been created by Namco Bandai over in Japan. Atari's been the ones releasing them here in North America. And the last thing that kind of went up in the air was the Evolution game on PSP, but we kind of assumed that because that was the live action movie and not necessarily related to the TV version or the manga, it, it didn't make sense to involve Funimation in that, so maybe Namco Bandai could just do that all on their own. kind of made sense that Atari wasn't involved with that. Then Atari just kind of shut up about what they were doing with the Dragon Ball franchise. And here we are later this year, Namco Bandai releasing on their own these three new games, which the press release does note, saying, has secured the right to initially publish three titles in 2009. Now, Atari's license was set to expire in January 2010, and here we go with this new license starting up in January. January 2010. Very convenient all around here. Mary, give well, I think it's uh, Atari losing 50% of their um, <laughs> right. income, which is pretty funny. We had a lot of quotes from them recently about, you know, we're looking at new business models, other things to focus on. So it's marketing speak for we are flailing here. <laughs> <laughs> it seems Someone like throw us a lifeline. they saw it coming at least. But yeah, this has to be a huge blow to them. Julian, it doesn't really affect you much over in Japan right now, but eventually you come back over to the U.S. I don't know how much interest you have in a lot of these games, but what thoughts do you have on this uh, new agreement? Well, it, it certainly seems like the trend is going towards more centralized production of things. I mean, Namco Bandai is a publisher over in Japan, so right. Namco Bandai publishing in the U.S. as well seems to be what's going on. I think there's a number of uh, publishers of other titles uh, in a variety of media in Japan who've done similar. I mean, Funimation is still big in the anime market, but aside from that, you've got people like Kadokawa moving in and Right. Just releasing their stuff directly. Yeah, yeah cut out the middleman if you can. That's right. Now, one thing I do want to note here is uh, we told you, I, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, that coincidentally, Funimation has just extended their rights on the Dragon Ball franchise for another five years. Now, that article didn't state when that began or ended, but this January 2010 seems to line up really well. So I don't know if Toei and Namco Bandai, they're all getting in cahoots to kind of arrange when all of their new licenses with these North American companies are running, but it's all very nicely lined up with each other. Mary, we have a timely little insert of additional news. It's and just it, one of those weekends. It's it's another one of those reasons why recording late, or at least <laughs> being available to record these extra bit of news uh, before you have actually edited the podcast is really awesome. It's good. So, times. what's up in the world? Yes, so Anime Expo was taking place this weekend. Now, we knew going into it, we had uh, something on Funimation's Twitter about, hey, you know, something that you've known about, we're going to finally be able to announce at Anime Expo. Lo and behold, what was announced at their panel, but official confirmation of the Dragon Ball Season 1 DVD box sets. Whoa, surprise! Yeah, absolutely. Big surprise. No one saw that coming. So not only did they have that, but they also put out an actual formal press release about it. And what's really nice about the press release, I think we need a quick like 30-second discussion about this. The press release specifically notes... 
4 by 3 aspect ratio. I think this really, truly says that there was enough of an uprising about the cropped widescreen DBZ sets that they feel this is now a marketing thing to say that it's 4 by 3 in its original aspect ratio. Could be, or maybe that because Dragon Ball's not as wildly popular as DBZ, maybe it's not worth the extra effort. A la GT? A la, maybe, I could be. <laughs> okay. I'm just putting that out there, maybe. Sure, sure. It's great to see that. I'm glad to see that confirmation in there. Same bit of info that we've known. September 15th, uh, 2009, obviously this year. 31 episodes, 5 discs, good times there. This is just a little side story that came up. Uh, and I put a note about it up on the homepage. It's pretty interesting. It's a story out of Ecuador. Now, apparently The Simpsons has been pulled from its regular prime time time slot uh, because the government wants to ponder its impact on children, which of course is hilarious to us because we went through this, what, 20 years ago? That sounds like my mother. Yeah, she was all like, I don't want you watching Simpsons. And then it's totally harmless. Well, how does this affect Dragon Ball? Yes, enlighten me, please. (laughs) In the middle of the article, it states, the state TV watchdog said it was concerned by the impact of, quote, programs and messages that promote violence, racial, and gender discrimination. The body recently pushed Japanese cartoon Dragon Ball Z from its normal slot. What do you think about that? So, um... Racism being Mr. Popo, maybe? <laughs> yeah, right. Someone saw Mr. Popo, like, hold up, hold up, get this off TV. It doesn't say it was taken off TV. It does say it was pushed from its normal time slot. Simpsons has been pushed to 5.30 a.m. I guess they're saying it can't air between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. I don't know when Dragon Ball's on, so if we have any listeners in Ecuador, I know we have listeners in so many countries across the world. I don't know that I've ever specifically heard from Ecuador before, but if you're out there, let us know what's going on. As I asked on the homepage uh shine some light on the situation for us is it still on the air at all what dub do you guys even have in ecuador and do you see any resolution coming anytime soon so mary that's the news insert good times it makes the news for this episode even more varied i like so it. that is sweet Excellent. even though it's kind of bad news that, that second one yes well i'd love to know what's going on ecuador peeps let us know so with that done we'll turn it over to whatever we're turning it over back to so that's it. Anything you want to throw into the mix? Discussion points, retorts, reactions, anyone? Pretty much already did. All right. Julian, last thoughts. Bye, Atari. <laughs> All right. So with the news done, we're going to turn it over to the manga review of awesomeness, which at some point, some people will be here to record. I don't know who or when, but enjoy. Well, hello there. Here's the manga review of awesomeness. Believe it or not, we somehow found some time to record it this weekend. I guess what I will do is go around and say who is still here, who is no longer here, who has joined us. I'm still Mike. I'm still here. I'm still conducting an orchestra of podcasting. Mary, hey. Hi there. You're I am still, still here. here. Yes, I didn't go very far. <laughs> Excellent. A day has passed and I've sat in the same chair the whole time. I watched it. It was true. I got up every hour on the dot during the night just to make sure she was still sitting there. And she did. I was... You know, really making sure I'd be prepared for this episode. We're under attack. I didn't, from the I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to get lost, so thought I'd stay here. We got the windows wide open because it's warm today, but not so warm that we need the AC cranking. Uh, Julian, our dearly departed Julian, is no longer with us for the manga review of awesomeness, though his spirit will rejoin us for the rest of the episode afterwards. So it was a sad loss, but it'll work out in the end. Joining us to talk about manga, though. My podcasting buddy. And I've learned a new skill to get here. <laughs> oh, really? You've learned a new skill? Yes, I've learned how to teleport. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe I should save that for later. Jeff, are those my sunglasses? <laughs> Why, no. <laughs> it's so funny because it's from Dragon Ball. Yay, reverence. What's up, yo? I've recorded two podcasts with you in two days now. That's correct. It's that time I'm on. <laughs> and you've saved me from, from intro editing hell, so. <laughs> I'm glad to do that for you. Yeah, definitely. While the render's going on, I'm here recording. That's how you make useful, useful amounts of time right there. Good, good. All right, so let's describe what this is. Every month, the first week of every month, what we try to do is go through the manga volume by volume. We go around, we review it, uh, talk about it, kind of stuff you do in a Dragon Ball podcast. Got Julian and myself, though Julian's not here. Read it front to back, back to front, depending on which direction you're reading it. Julian in Japanese and English, myself in English. Mary over here, I know you've read this particular volume yes, before. Yes, I've read this point onwards, but not really so much the Boo stuff once okay. we get to that. And this stuff I haven't read in a while, so I really don't remember it. Good, good. But as I like to say, you are the longtime Dragon Ball fan, so it's no mystery to you. That's right. And then we got the noob, the virgin, making his way through more than halfway through the series now. Very, very exciting. Yes, I'm more than halfway. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff is reading through the entire thing for the first time in his life. He stops by once a month to talk about it with us. That's right. I still haven't gotten to the part where I've seen the series yet, so. Oh, that's right. It's still new to me. <laughs> If I haven't seen it, it's new to me. <laughs> Good. So what we'll do is uh, go through the chapters, and it's going to be, uh, I don't want to say a difficult one, but this volume is full of exposition, and it's really tough to go through and not mention a lot of very specific things. So the review will take us a little bit, then we have tons and tons of great things to talk about after we get through it. So what is this? Manga Volume 28. This is going to be chapters 326 through 337. If you're going by the original Tankobon run of the manga, like I said, it's number 28. If you're going by the Kanzenban re-release in Japan, it's going to be near the end of number 22 and then the first half of 23. If you're going by Viz over here in the U.S., it's going to be their original graphic novel for DBZ number 12. And if you're going by Viz Big, with all their delays, I can't even remember if this one's out but it would be number four of Vizbig for DBZ. And if you're going by my scale, then you kind of sort of know it's where that guy sort of shows up and then this thing happens. and <laughs> The purple shows up. The purple. The purple. <laughs> there you go. All right, I am going to get us going here with chapter 326. Goku is still flying toward Frieza as his Kianzan Eskatex follows him around. Frieza thinks he's about to get Goku, but it's an after image. Goku is over to the side, saying how fruitless this all is. Frieza pops out two of them now and tosses them after Goku. This time, Goku fires a blast down at the ground to create a distraction and nails Frieza from above before the disc does any damage to anyone. Frieza hits the ground and goes to get back up, but Goku yells for him to stay down. The blades slice through Frieza, cutting him into two main pieces, Plus another bit of a tail over there and a little bit of an arm over there. It's all done now, so Goku's going to head back to Earth. But Frieza then begs for help, begs for his life. At first, Goku screams that Frieza never showed any mercy to those who begged for their lives from him, but ends up giving him just a little bit of his energy. Mary, 327. Saichiro explains how they are all able to come back to life, except for one village, which must have been the one destroyed by Vegeta, since the wish was to bring back those killed by Frieza and his men, and Vegeta is not one of them. Even the Namekian Dragon Balls fall to Earth as stone, Saichiro tells Muri that he will now take over his role, and fades away 
Crane to death. Gohan explains that Kunidin was killed by Frieza and wasn't brought back since he's been killed before, but Dende explains how the Namekian Dragon Balls can bring someone back to life more than once. Gohan goes on to explain that Goku stayed behind, but it's okay because he finally saw him become a Super Saiyan. Back on Namek, Goku tells Frieza to go ahead and get out of here before the planet explodes. Frieza finds it hilarious that Goku can't survive in the vacuum of space like he can, so now that Goku's given him some energy, Goku's gonna be the one to die, not Frieza himself. As Goku turns to blast off, Frieza swears that he will kill him and fires a giant blast after him. Goku turns around, calling Frieza a fool, and returns the blast completely encompassing Frieza, who seems to fade away all bug-eyed. As the smoke clears and Frieza's gone, Goku turns around again and blasts off. I gotta say, this is one of those very, very memorable deliveries in the TV version with his Bakayaro, which they actually use in video games. I don't know if they call it the, the fool Kamehameha or the Frieza killer Kamehameha, but they actually make a distinction with it. It's one of those memorable things. Anyway, Jeff, give me 328 here. Chapter 328. Kyle confirms to everyone with him that Frieza is dead, but the excitement won't last since the planet is about to explode with Goku still on it. Goku flies over to Frieza's ship and tries to get it to take off, saying it's enough like his own that he should be able to get it going, but it just sputters and falls into the collapsing planet. As the planet approaches its final moments, Kaio can't even watch. There's a giant explosion in space, and nothing remains where planet Namek used to be. Kaio says that Goku didn't make it, and they should tell his son. Yamcha decides to deliver the news to Bulma, which she relays in typical Bulma fashion, including the happy remark that Son is dead. She says it's okay, though, since the Namekian Dragon Balls can bring someone back to life multiple times. Kaio says that's good and all, but Goku and Kuririn would be brought back to life where they died, being planet Namek, being the planet that doesn't exist anymore, which means that they'd be brought back to life and die again in space. After 329, I don't know how to follow that up. Vegeta suggests that they transport their souls to Earth before wishing them back to life. Everyone thanks him, including Gohan, but Vegeta just wants to see the legendary Super Saiyajin with his own eyes and defeat him. Bulma invites all the Namekians to stay at her place until they get everything all wished back and then moved over, and also invites Vegeta along to stay, much to his embarrassment. Gohan doesn't want to go home because he never did his homework. The Namekian Dragon Balls are good in 130 days, so they bring out Poronga, apparently Muri's got the Dragon Balls all good to go, and attempt to wish the souls of Kududin and Goku back to Earth. Kududin's fine, but Goku can't be brought here, because he's not dead. They wish Kuririn back to life. Porunga says he threw in the cleaned up body and clothes free of charge. He's such a nice little dragon. They all attempt to summon Goku to Earth, but Porunga says Goku refuses and will return of his own accord. In the meantime, over the next many days in Dragon Ball rejiving, they bring everyone else back to life. At this point, another year passes, and Goku still hasn't come home. Gohan suddenly gets a call from Kuririn. Everyone is sensing an enormous and familiar key approaching Earth and there's another one with it. It's Frieza. He's not only all mecha-eyes, but he's brought his dad along for the ride. Frieza notes that Goku is also approaching Earth, but he will get there and show him who's the strongest in the universe. Mary, 3.30. Gohan and Kuririn meet up midair, flying around through the sky. Up in space, it's announced to Frieza and King Cold that they are now approaching Earth. Bulma arrives over where Yamcha and Vegeta are, saying she never got a chance to see Frieza while on Namek, and might as well get a glimpse now. 
Tenshin Han and Chaozu arrive. Ten has a couple of crosswords with a snarky Vegeta, and Vegeta tells them all to suppress their battle powers like the Namekian. Piccolo is hanging out near them all, but no one noticed. As Gohan and Kudidin arrive with the others, Piccolo announces that their foes have arrived. The spaceship lands, and Vegeta tells them all not to fly. They will all have to walk over there so they don't get picked up on the scouters. As Yamcha freaks out over the key they sense, Vegeta says it's not just the end of them, it's the end of Earth. Outside their spaceship, King Cold says it will be three hours before the Super Saiyan arrives. Frieza looks forward to defeating them and can probably do it on his own since he's grown even more powerful. Frieza tells some of his minions to go off and kill any and all Earthlings they come across when a pair of feet land on the ground in front of them. Jeff331 Frieza asks the Earthling what he wants, while the Earthling has come to kill them. Frieza scoffs it off, but the kid knows his name. Frieza's flattered, but has one of his goons walk forward to kill him. The guy's only got a battle power of five anyway. The kid smacks the blast shot aside, rushes in, and takes him out with one smash. A bunch of Frieza's other goons rush in. The kid takes out his sword, and they all fall over in the next panel. Everyone off in the distance sends one giant key rush up and down as a whole bunch of others fall to nothing. Frieza's going to have to take him out on his own now. The kid says to bring it on, since he's not a pushover like Son Goku. Frieza assumes he's one of the Super Saiyajin's friends, but the kid says he's never met him. Frieza says he's just going to kill all of the Earthlings, which this kid is one of. The kid says no. The miscalculation on Frieza's part was assuming that Son Goku was the only Super Saiyajin. There's another one right here. The kid screams as Frieza and King Cold watch him transform into a Super Saiyajin. Off in the distance, Gohan exclaims that this was the same key his dad had on Namek. Frieza fires a blast at the kid who disappears and shows up on top of a mountain. After a couple quick signature hand motions, he screams out at Frieza his name and fires a blast down at them. Frieza and his dad dodge the blast, but the kid appears above Frieza with his sword drawn, which he proceeds to slice right through Frieza. Chapter 332. Everyone watches as the kid slices Frieza into dozens of pieces and blasts them to smithereens, not wasting a single moment. Vegeta blasts off to get a closer look and everyone follows. The kid and King Cold land on the ground. Cold asks the kid if he wants to be his son in Frieza's place and control the universe with him. The kid refuses. King Cold compliments the sword and asks to see it. The kid tosses it over to him. King Cold says that this must have been how he defeated Frieza so easily and swings it at the kid. Who grabs it no problem, halting the attack. The kid places a hand up to King Cold's chest and blasts a hole right through him, sending him flying into the distance. The kid fires a blast to destroy King Cold and another one at their spaceship to put an end to it all. As the smoke clears, the kid turns to everyone else, now up in the air pretty close to him, and tells them with a very happy face and proper speaking patterns that he is going to go greet Son Goku and won't they please join him? Vegeta wonders who the hell this guy is and how, why, oh my god, he's a super saiyan. Mary, 333. As the kid takes off, everyone follows along behind him. The kid lands and pops out some capsules. One's a fridge filled with drinks. Bulma wonders if her company has a fridge like this. Bulma wonders if her and the kid have met before. The kid says no, and he doesn't know Son Goku. He's only ever heard about him. He can't answer anything else, like his name or how he knew all this. Vegeta keeps pressing on, saying that the only Saiyajin left are him, Kakarot, and also that half-breed runt over there who happens to be Gohan. Furthermore, all Saiyajin have black hair. The kid says that he was indeed a super Saiyajin and that he's 17 years old. There are still three hours before Goku arrives, 
So they all kind of sit around and stare at each other for a while. Vegeta getting pretty pissed at the kid for looking at him so much. Uh, Piccolo says he's been training every day, and Bulma says that Vegeta goes off every day and he's probably training. Finally, it's that time. Goku is coming in for a landing. Everyone surrounds the space pod as Goku gets out in some very weird clothing, and sure enough, Goku has no idea who this kid is. Jeff, 334. Goku definitely doesn't know the kid and wonders who it was that beat Frieza. Was it Piccolo or Vegeta? Piccolo says it was this kid as a super Saiyajin. As everyone banters around, the kid brings Goku off to the side to have a private discussion. He says that Goku was meant to defeat Frieza, but there was a time discrepancy and he had to intervene. Goku said it would have been okay since he learned instantaneous movement from the people on planet Yardrat, and was going to just teleport down to defeat Frieza once and for all. The kid is a little upset, saying he messed up. He was only supposed to come to meet just Goku, and ended up affecting history more than he should have. The kid asked Goku if he can become a Super Saiyan at will. Goku says he couldn't at first, but learned to control it. He asked Goku to turn into one, and then does so himself, and then swings his sword at Goku, but stops just before hitting him. Goku says he knew there was no malice behind it, so the kid says that he's not going to hold back this time. Goku holds one finger forward, and uses to block each and every slash of the sword. The kid stops and tosses his sword up into the air and back into the sheath, pleasing all of his growing fangirls. <laughs> Eyeing Mary. <laughs> it's <laughs> hot! Come on! <laughs> Saying Goku's even stronger than he thought. He needs to keep that a secret, but he's come from 20 years in the future. His name is Trunks, and he's Vegeta's son. Chapter 335. Trunks says he's come from the future to warn them about two foes that will arrive on May 12th at around 10 a.m. on an island nine kilometers southwest of South City. Goku asks if they're aliens, but Trunks explains that they're Jinzo Ningen, or artificial humans, created by Dr. Garo, the former lead scientist of the Red Ribbon Army. Somehow this guy survived, but ends up being killed by two of his creations, number 19 and number 20, and are therefore the only ones left to cause destruction across the Earth. Goku asks if Trunks has any help, but Trunks explains that everyone but Son Gohan is killed off by the Jinzo Ningen. Goku never even got a chance to fight, because soon from now, he will fall victim to a heart virus and die. Goku gets upset, not that everyone dies in the future sucks, but because he won't personally have a chance to fight the super strong Jinzo Ningen. Trunks gives Goku a cure for the disease to take as soon as any symptoms appear. He didn't want to change the past this much, but it appears to be necessary. Trunks then says all his mom wanted was for Goku to survive, which is why she worked so hard on the time machine. Yep, Bulma is his mother. Trunks explains that Yamcha wasn't exactly faithful, and Bulma and Vegeta just kinda ended up together, but never actually got married. Trunks makes Goku promise to keep it all a secret, since it could jeopardize his own existence if everyone found out. Trunks blasts off as Goku joins the others, and is hesitant to tell them anything. Piccolo says, alright, I'll do it for you." His ears heard the entire thing. But he'll keep the necessary secrets. No one really believes the story until they look up in the sky and see Trunks and his time machine blip away. With that, everyone decides they'll train for the upcoming battle in three years. Mary, 336. Everyone wonders how Goku managed to escape Namek's explosion. Goku explains that he found a new space pod, jumped into one, hit some buttons, and ended up on a planet named Yardrat. Vegeta says that Ginyu must have been working on destroying that planet, and that the people there aren't strong, but they have lots of strange knowledge. Kakarot must have learned something there. Indeed he did! 
Goku can now use instantaneous movement, kind of like teleportation. Goku needs to concentrate on a particular key to go there. He does so, blips away, and shows back up with Kame Senin's sunglasses. Everyone decides to meet up in three years to fight the Jinzo Ningen. Bulma asks why they don't just go and kill Dr. Gero now before anything goes wrong, and even if they can't find him, just use the Dragon Balls to find out where he is. Vegeta screams that he'll kill her if she tries, and even Goku wants to get in on the fight. Even Kuridin kind of agrees, saying that at least they will all have a common enemy and won't have to worry about Vegeta in the meantime. Piccolo will come train with Goku and Gohan, and everyone else will train and meet up again in three years. Vegeta asks Dr. Brief to make him a gravity room with 300 times gravity, since Kakarot did 100 times gravity. Chi-Chi refuses to allow Gohan to train, but ultimately gives in. Three years pass, and everyone takes off to face the Jinzo Ningen. Jeff, last chapter in the volume, 337. Goku, Gohan, and Piccolo fly off toward where the Jinzo Ningen will appear, wondering if they stand a chance. They meet up with Kuririn, and then land to find Yamcha, Tenshinhan, and Bulma holding a baby. Bulma just wants to see the Jinzo Ningen. I really hope she got bitch slapped here. Kuririn wonders who the kid is, and Gohan assumes her and Yamcha got married. Goku walks up and says Trunks' father is Vegeta, which confuses Bulma since she hadn't told them yet. Vegeta isn't there, but Bulma and Goku know he'll show up. As they continue to wait around for 10am, Yajirobe shows up with some Zenzu from Karin. Yajirobe doesn't stick around though, he'd prefer living, so he takes off in his hover car, which explodes mid-air. Everyone sees two beings zip down to the ground from around the area of the explosion, but are unable to sense any key. Down in the city, two strange beings, one a chubby white guy in semi-Chinese clothing, and one old man in equally terrible clothing, stand in the street. There you go. <laughs> what, you like that description? Equally terrible clothing. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's a personal description but I think it's sufficient there. <laughs> Before we go any further with any thoughts on anything, Jeff, this is what I like to do. We'll check out your predictions from last time. Here's what you said last time on the manga review of awesomeness. Well, we have no more room for wishes. We used them all up on two planets, so this fight is going to have to end, or you're done with the manga review of awesomeness. That's correct. <laughs> well, you're continuing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Good job. All right, you said you don't think Goku's going to die. He is going to win the fight, though. Yes. Somehow, Goku can travel through space without oxygen? I was just really pushing you for predictions at this point. Because then you ended up saying, at this point, you're so mentally exhausted, you'll just accept <laughs> anything that happens. Yeah, and I, I didn't happen to bank on space pods. <laughs> no, no. Do you think that's a quasi deus ex machina thing? No, there? no, I do not. Because okay. I think it's a legitimate reason. Okay, sure. And uh, it probably <laughs> makes some other things in the past. Like, it makes me want to go back in the past and be like, okay, wait, that is a deus ex machina, or that isn't, you know, but no, this was legit. Well, Jeff, this covered a lot of stuff. We came in, this Frieza fight had been going on forever. It seemed like so many volumes. And we're done within the span of a couple chapters. Then we have all this trunk stuff go on, and now we're three years in the future again. I think it's interesting that four years pass in this entire volume. It's actually more than that. It's something like five years. Is it? Uh, yeah. Let me bring this up. Uh, Herms, before we uh, started recording the show, sent me over a couple of things that um, he wanted to make sure are noted between the uh, original and the Viz translation, because we are going by the Viz translation. And one of the things was the Viz version leaves it kind of ambiguous. It says, oh, and then another year has passed. The original Japanese makes it pretty clear that between all the wishes that they're making, it's a year after the defeat of Frieza, and then they do some wishes, and then another year takes place, and then the three years happen. Really? I thought it I thought it said, like, 130 years later, and then another 130 years 130 later. 30 days. Uh, that's years. what I meant. Yeah. That would be a really Duh, long that, time. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just but that's not a year. That's like half a year. 
Yeah, but they wish back a lot of people, and there's a lot of stuff going on. The, the, the math, it sounds like they only did it twice, though, and it would only add up to one year. The math adds up by the timeline and by the things that they say. It is about five years. Just saying. Just putting it out there. I could see it, but yeah, all right. All right. I, I It's kind of ambiguous in both. Yeah. But the Japanese version makes it a little more clear. But we have a lot of time that we've covered here. I don't want to say nothing happened. There are very, very important events. Jeff, where do you want to go from here? There's so much shit going on. I just want to say. Sure. Frieza comes back and I'm pissed off. Yes. I'm like, God damn it, no. Because <laughs> like I said last time, he's back. I'm ready to throw this thing down and be like, <laughs> if goodbye, Mike. Back, I'm done. Right? I quit. That's it. It's yeah. over. And then he's gone in like two seconds because of the trunks. I thought that was perfect. Excellent. All right. That's exactly how something like that should be handled, where it's like, holy crap, this huge threat's coming by. Hey, look. Here's this guy from the future, kicks his ass in two seconds. That, that's like showing this mammoth alien turning out to be a tiny beetle. You know, like that's, that's just a perfect way Isn't to end that. Isn't it really crazy? We have Frieza was so strong. He was just this mountain that could not be overtaken. Boom. Done. As much as I love Trunks, and I totally do, he's my favorite character, I almost feel like this scene cheapens Frieza. Yeah. So I kind of feel bad for him yeah. almost. You feel bad for Frieza? I feel bad for me having read the last five volumes <laughs> and being emotionally <laughs> invested in the thinking. I mean, I know he's not since I know how the story goes, but you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, it seems yeah. like, oh my god, Frieza's the strongest thing since sliced bread. And then Trunk shows up and undoes all of that. Well, Mary, you and I know a lot about Trunks, and Trunks has an interesting history. Jeff, we'll get to this eventually. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do some further reading and watchings. Trunks has had some time to develop this, as opposed to Goku. His Super Saiyan was right then, right there, and he showed mercy. Trunks? Hells no. He came in, sliced him. I don't want to say with no dialogue, because he said a couple things to Frieza, and he was really cocky about it, too. Like, yeah. He took care of him. He didn't fuck around. And that's something Goku is not known for. True enough, but I figure Frieza is a capable enough fighter that he can deal with someone who's not like Goku and doesn't have any mercy. Well, like Trunks said, lots of miscalculations going on here. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's write it <laughs> off like that. Okay, <laughs> sure. Mary, let me stick with you then. We have Trunks' appearance. Not to you know take away from the Frieza stuff, but it came and went so fast. There's a couple things we can talk about there. But Trunks' appearance... I, as the Templo Trunks web mistress, whatever you want to call yourself over the years, tell me all about Trunks and his appearance and how it makes He's super cool. And I'm going to go into like 17 year old fangirl mode again. I almost feel like anything that I'm going to say is so biased that any kind of critical thinking I have should just be null and void for this particular volume. Because I'm just I've, like, oh my god, it's Trunks, yeah! I've done all this for this moment. <laughs> god, I'm reading all these volumes just to get to number 28. He has the best first appearance out of anyone in the entire series, I think. Why is that? Because he just shows up and he says cool lines like, I'm gonna kill you. That's <laughs> like That's the first thing he says. It's so awesome. And plus, his lineage is very, very interesting. He just comes right out and says, yeah. Vegeta's my father. What? Oh, yeah. And Bulma's my mother. What? It's crazy. Do you think it's a works? twist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an easy sell. <laughs> what can I say? I do think, though, that it trumps the Tension Han entrance, if you think about it, because uh, we're going from, like, cool character. I remember when Megan was here, too, and we were talking yeah, about yeah. Tension Han and uh, just how his character was, was getting better and the better. The way Trunks and... is introduced, you think he almost is like Tension Han. Yeah. He's very quiet, very strong, very sure of himself, very cocky at the same time, too. Yeah, and what's different, though, is that uh, we know that Trunks is kind of on our side here, whereas Tension Han was, he was not. The first, yeah. Exactly. So it kind of takes it from different perspective but at the same time he's just as cool but i think trunks pulled it off a lot better all right 
Something I do want to note with Trunks, it's another thing that's kind of lost in the translation, but he basically speaks textbook Japanese. If you take a semester or two of Japanese and listen to Trunks raw, you'll pretty much understand him. He has all his desus and everything in there. Yeah, he's, other than Gohan, probably the most polite speaking character yeah, in the series. Everyone's San. He calls Gohan Gohan-san, because in his future, Gohan's yeah, older, older than, than him. him. Yeah. So that, that's another thing that's kind of lost over in the Viz version, where you have Trunks, the 17-year-old, talking to Gohan. What is he like? He's eight? probably 10 at this point. Oh, yeah, I guess he would be. <laughs> well, I mean, after the three years, he would be... True, true. I'm kind of forgetting where we are So he'd be timeline. seven when Trunks shows up thereabouts okay we well, call him gohan-san and it's very cute that's kind of trunks his appearance he, he comes and he goes what else do you say he about has a shit now? ton of exposition and warnings of the future and i feel like with the whole time traveling aspect dragon ball gets even more sci-fi-ish even though they've just come from being on another planet now bringing on this new sci-fi oh, yeah, element time travel artificial humans I mean, this is pretty heavy stuff here I saw it coming. Did you? Is it the only place for Dragon Ball to naturally go with this? Yes, point? I agree. Because uh, what else do you bend? You spend you, you you bend space, and then you you bend time. I mean, that's really how it works out. Well, to some degree, Jeff, you do know where the series goes after this. True, true. It, it goes to a giant pink, puffy, magical demon. It goes back to the slapstick stuff. Yeah, I, that's. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see how I feel when it gets to that point. You know, but <laughs> you got a ways to go. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's just interesting because the series started off as a fantasy. Yep. Got really into it. Sci-fi stuff starts coming in. Not really. It's a very you know, slow build. I mean, we it's get a slow some, build. Yeah. Maybe Piccolo Daima. I mean, we have Red Ribbon, some technology stuff there. Mm-hmm. But once we get the uber villain with Piccolo Daimo, you know, then we have still tournaments and stuff going on in the meantime. But then yeah. we kick off into space with Raditz. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that really sort of just uh, distracted me when it comes to the sci-fi stuff is that exposition in fantasy is very different from exposition in sci-fi, where yeah, one is yeah. more character-based, the other is more technology-based and uh-huh. science-based. Sure. So we've been seeing a lot of that kind of technology-based banter going back and forth with a lot of characters. We've been seeing... Uh, you know, aliens and all sorts of different flying pods ever since and, and different technologies and all that. But when it gets to this chapter, I, or rather this volume, I'm really welcoming all the, the banter that comes back. You know, like all the inter-character talk, basically. Yeah. The whole thing with Trunks. Uh, I'm just I, talking to each other. We have a couple of chapters of just people shooting the shit, staring at each other, actually. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's also the thing where, like, uh, I already knew Trunks' background, so that right. wasn't a real shock to me. But it's a welcome exchange because uh, just bringing it back to relationships within the characters, that's that's really a, a very like welcome seeing thing. Seeing people's reactions to what he has to say. and Absolutely. Gotcha. And just the fact no one knows him. Like, that's that's a rare side that I have not seen yet, you know, where, where people see him show up for the first time and not know who he is. Mm-hmm. I was actually expecting him to kind of give everything away as soon as he shows up. Oh, okay. That didn't really happen. I mean, he gave everything away to Goku, but that's about it. It's true. Anytime anyone's ever been introduced before, they either say who they are right Right away with Raditz. He yeah. comes out and says, I'm your older brother. Here's our back history. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew about Frieza before they got there. Uh, Piccolo, they knew the backstory with him before he showed up. You know, Tension Han shows up. They've already known Tao Pai Pai. They know about Sudu Senin and everyone. Kami Senin's got the relationship. So yeah, Trunks is one of the first characters to show up and totally blindside everyone. Yep, I think that's why it keeps this manga refreshing. There's something new every time there's another character. Or there's some kind of new way to uh, expose who a person is. 
let's move away from Trunks for a little bit. And when we skipped over the Frieza stuff, there's some pretty important things going on here. We have Goku showing Frieza mercy. Does that make sense with Goku's character? Entirely. Um, what I think is even more fascinating is Frieza begging for mercy. Yeah. It's just, wow, he's really fallen down on his <laughs> <laughs> high horse. <laughs> Frieza's falling on hard times on there. Yes. It shows that, oh man, he knows he's lost at this point. He doesn't want to die despite what a cruel asshole he is. Do you think he knows that Goku is going to help him? Probably. I think he can sense that about him. I think going a little bit after that, Goku's response, the, the Bakayero will blow you up. That seems like a totally legit Goku response as well. Like, I gave you a chance. You did not take it. You're fucked. Although we come to see it wasn't enough. But then again, I mean, Toriyama's got to continue the story, so I can't blame him too much for that. I think it's kind of funny, though, because with Frieza, it's like, yeah, you had your chance, but that didn't happen previously. Like, oh, come on, let go of my tail. Well, <laughs> right. okay. Yeah, no, right. not this time. True. So, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was uh, a kind of a, a welcome change, because otherwise I would have gotten mega pissed at Goku again. Sure. And not to sure. say I'm not a little bit pissed that he gave him a little bit of a strength, but later on in the volume, we see him go, damn, I should not have done that. It's like, yeah, damn right, you should not have done that. Finally, you realize it, you idiot. We have a... Almost two examples of Goku, you know, wanting to prolong this fight. I mean, he tries to let Frieza live, and then when he hears about the Jinzo Ningen, he's upset that he doesn't get to fight them. He doesn't care that everyone dies because of it. He just wants the opportunity to fight them. So it's kind of that more selfish Goku coming Yeah, it's back. the kind of thing that makes me hate him. <laughs> well, when it got to that point, everybody was doing it. And right, it, right. It just, it, it I almost- love Vegeta's response. <laughs> I love Bomo's response, too. She's like, you guys are so morbid. What is wrong with you all? <laughs> Something else I want to bring up. There's a long-standing rumor that, oh, Toriyama intended to end the series after Frieza. That's where he meant to end it. And we need to go on record as saying he's never said anything like that. There are never any interviews that hint at that. There have been a couple things like, oh, I meant to end it you know, after Pilaf. And they said, oh, maybe I'll do 10 volumes. Once we get to this point, he's never said anything on record about intending to end it here. That doesn't mean that the story wasn't logically almost leading to there. Do you think that in ending with The Planet Explodes, Goku has fulfilled this legend, become the legendary Super Saiyan, but dies and then leaves Gohan on Earth to become the new hero? Would that have made sense? Would you have accepted only, that? Only ending? if they had built it up a little bit better. If it just ended right before Trunk shows up, that would have been a weak-ass ending. Oh, no, no. We I would need to see people mourning. We would need to see, like, maybe 10 years pass and this is what Gohan's become. I and agree. And we see Gohan, gotcha. Goku smiling from heaven or something, and then, you know, so I can buy that. is an epilogue with a little bit more closure? Yeah. It still would have been a decent ending. I think so. Mary, let me ask you, because you know the entire rest of the series, including GT and stuff. Are you glad that it continued after this point? Or do you think... Only because it gave me trunks. <laughs> All right. Putting that fandom aside. And some cool Gohan stuff. Trying to look at it more objectively. I have no I, I said I can't be trusted for this review. Okay. Everything I say is going to be so biased. But, um... Sure, sure. With a couple... Ex- now that you mentioned it, I mean, it could have ended here if Toriyama tied up some if loose ends. If Goku didn't find a Ginyu pod. Maybe. But the rest of the series gives us some good moments, so I'm glad it didn't end. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I gotta, I gotta weigh in on this topic. Sure. Considering that I, I do know what's coming ahead, but still taking it all from a fresh perspective. Right, right. I would have been hugely upset if it had ended here. Okay, why? Well, 
Okay, first of all, in terms of what's been done already in in setting up the story, setting up the fight and all that, no one says anything about, oh, this, I feel this shall be my last fight or something. You just know that they're going to say something like that if this were to be the end, you know? I mean, yeah. even if it's so corny and and we've heard this all before, that type of, uh, that type of thing, but... Um, if Goku were to say something like that, I'd believe it at this point. Uh, but so he it didn't just needs do that. to be more epic if it was yeah. going to be the ending. Oh, it's totally, epic. totally would have been more epic. And you can't really make an epic fight out of a guy who transforms three or four times. You know, it just doesn't, I don't okay. know. It yeah. doesn't really make a lot of sense to have a character or an enemy who has so much to him and that be the last fight. I mean, at the same time, you don't want to have a fight two seconds long and that ends up killing him and that's the end either. But I don't know. Something about just how this whole battle was set up and how it ended, it just does not seem like this would have been the last one, you know? And uh, I'm actually quite glad that it's going on past this point. But I kind of feel like this would have been a good opportunity for the marketing guys to go, okay, what letter can we put at the end of Dragon Ball now? <laughs> right, right. Like, I feel like this would have been the end of Z, and we would have gone on to another different... I don't even know what to say at this point. I think it's like just another subset what of Dragon Ball. What you're getting at is that they should have called Cell Saga Onward Dragon Ball AF. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that, yes, <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> After future. <laughs> uh, I have a couple random questions that popped into my mind. I'm sticking with uh, the Namek stuff here. A couple questions. So, Goku is clearly, at first, flying toward Frieza to get those cans on attacks to hit him. So then, why does he tell Frieza to stay down before he's accidentally cut by his own Yeah, attack? I mean, clearly he's trying to beat him and maybe even kill him at this point, so why warn him of the stuff coming to him? I don't know. I know why. Okay. Cheap shot. Oh, yeah! Because I get you. it's Frieza's own attack, right? Comes back to kill him? Right. So like, that's like, not going to do doing over, it. do over. It yeah. doesn't count. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. want to beat you up. <laughs> I want to be the one responsible for it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Because it just seems so cheap that he got cut by his own attack. At the same time, I kind of like the fact that Goku got robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I actually enjoyed that. Maybe that's some kind of sick pleasure to that, but whatever. <laughs> All right. All right. Here's another question. How is it that Dende knows their Dragon Balls can bring people back to life more than once if not due to natural causes? Does this happen so often on a peaceful planet that they need to bring people back to life multiple? times maybe they have like a rule book somewhere lying around <laughs> so i sure i was not doing anything else he's up there writing nail take a memo <laughs> i made a new rule we haven't exactly gone through the planet enough to find hieroglyphics either you know i mean maybe bulma true, true. maybe filler with bulma could have that you know well there was fake namek filler with uh, them discovering things Ugh. yeah moving on so there's no cure now for Goku's heart virus. I'm moving forward a little bit. But 20 years from now, there will be. Is it a widespread heart virus? How did they know to develop a cure for it? Maybe they just develop cures really fast in the future. Okay. So like, it covers all heart viruses, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Try not to think too hard about it. I won't think very hard at all. I think it makes sense. Okay, why? Because just like reality, if I may be so bold as to I, say. I don't know what that is, Jeff. Just like reality, technology just exponentially gets faster and faster. Sure. I think it's legit. That's all I'll say. Okay, fine. Jeff, we did uh, watch a scene from the TV version. Yes, we did. There's not a whole lot to compare here, though you did see a little bit of how they extended Trunks versus Frieza. In the TV version, they banter more back and forth. He kind of extends his transformation. 
Uh, there's the attacks and all that kind of stuff. But the ending scene, we do have an original song, Battle Point Unlimited. Uh, it's actually used twice during the episode. Once when Trunks transforms and then once at the very end of the episode. Did you get any kind of feelings? How did it compare from the manga version or to the manga version? Hmm. Well, he's holding up a giant sphere of fire, right? Yeah, Something like that. Frieza decided, oh, I'm just going to blow up the planet. Screw you. Hmm. I like the manga better. Where it's just kind of boom, 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 you're dead. Yeah, I mean, we were, I mean, Mary brought up good points about just how it sort of dumbed down this powerful guy coming back. Yeah. But seeing it expanded a little bit more, like in the series, it just seemed like going through it quickly is very much why manga versus anime, in this case, manga wins, I think. Uh, just the fact that, that shortening things down, it just, it keeps the story going and going. It just, it yeah. paces it well. I don't think it would have paced it. I mean, granted, I think to get a real opinion about that scene, I would have had to have seen the anime of this whole volume. You know, like I would have gotcha. had to have seen the whole thing of this volume to see how the pacing went. I think it just in terms of the pacing of the of the manga, it worked really well. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad scene. It was actually pretty cool, but it didn't have to be there. I have a couple other notes here from Herms. It's really funny because I was writing some of these particular things down, and then he sent me a note with some of the changes in the Viz version, and I'm going... Wow, I had some of these same things. We're all in the same wavelength with a couple of them. He did have a couple extra notes, though. In the original Japanese version, Bulma notes, while she's talking about bringing Kuridin back to life, that Namek is outside of Kaio's jurisdiction, meaning it's not in the Northern Galaxy. It's just kind of an extra note at the end of a statement that was kind of left out in the Viz version. It doesn't affect a whole lot, but it at least notes that Namek is kind of far outside of where Kaio would be watching over. Also, there was a name change in here. You'd totally gloss over it if you weren't looking for it, but the uh, Elder of the Village that Vegeta destroyed on Namek. In the original Japanese version, his name is Tsuno, uh, which is from the Japanese word for antenna, though it's more like a horn or an antler, or in this case, a feeler, than the word antenna. In the Viz version, they changed it to Karakol, which, as far as I know, doesn't have any name pun basis or anything like that. Well, a Karakol happens to be... I have no idea. <laughs> Just a totally random name change, and it's so funny because that's one of the names that's... You know, we have so many Namekians, how many names do we actually have for them? You know, we have Nail and Dende and Cargo and stuff, and Suno is actually named in there. So to change it, you know, they did such a good job with keeping the other names and, you know, kind of explaining the puns. Very strange that they would change one in there. Yeah, I was going to say save it for another inconsistencies video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would get so many great responses. Oh my god, no one cares about a name change. Stop making videos. Alright, here's another one. It's almost a censoring in this case that Goku's final word when the planet is about to explode in Japanese, he goes, Chiksha! but in Viz, they change it to, I can't stop it. So do you consider that censoring the quasi curse word or what do you think? Yeah, I guess. I mean, a very tame translation would be, damn, <laughs> but maybe they did the yes. curse you. <laughs> Curses. No, I've got the ultimate. The ultimate is, no. no. I guess sure you put the Y in there. No. No. Maybe they just wanted to make it more dramatic. Yeah. So I can't stop it. And one last thing, and you might have picked up on this, is a little weird, that when they're talking about the Jinzo Ningen, at first they say mechanical men. And this is because, for whatever reason, way back in Red Ribbon, uh, when they had Hachan, number eight, in there, they referred to him as a mechanical man. Now, the phrase here is Jinzo Ningen, which is, break it down, comes to artificial humans. Androids, maybe, I mean, we did a whole episode. That was really early on that we talked about the meaning of Jinzo Ningen. But another little visism in there. I do know that in the Shonen Jump runs, they would call them artificial humans or androids and say, oh, technically, these two are cyborgs. So they at least noted that kind of stuff in there. Question. 
Yes. About that. Wait, let me think. Uh, okay, so so when is the term Jinzelningen introduced? Because I'll remember that. Actually, back in Red Ribbon with uh, number eight, he was an artificial human. So you're- technically, Hotchild was the first Jinzelningen that we see in the series. But they didn't call him that. Yeah, then? they did. They did. Then. Yep. But it's well, not. In no, this he means the word Jinzelningen. Like it's not in there. Yeah, like, because I didn't see it in here. We were just throwing it in there because we were elitist. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. The, well, they use mechanical men in here, which is kind of their strange translation for Jinzo Negan or artificial humans. Oh, okay. So so that's just, yeah, okay. That's Japanese. We're just making it harder for ourselves by saying Jinzo Negan. It's the only word I know how to use. Like, I say Saiyajin because that's the word that I know and that I I can use. easily say androids. <laughs> Well, but, or but, artificial humans. But then, you know, we can say androids, but that's not necessarily correct. And you could say artificial humans, but artificial humans at six, Jinzo Ningen. Sure, I'm saving two syllables. Uh, yeah, but yeah. artificial yeah. humans is natural to Absolutely. Our- so would you prefer I said artificial humans from here on out? It depends on what the fans say. I'm sure we'll get a lot of people saying, what? You're elitist, saying Jinzo Ningen. You can also say you're elitist for using artificial humans. Why don't you just say androids? Why don't you just say cyborgs? Well, well, all right, wait, wait, hold on. They said mechanical men in chapter in volume eight. Uh, yes. Then they said mechanical men here too, right? Yeah, Viz. So then Jin Sunningen fits. If they say it then, they're saying it now. So I don't know. I'm okay with it. I did. I mean, it's not what the volume says, but yeah. At the same time, we've said uh, Saiyajin, not Saiyajin. I mean, where are you going to draw the line? It's up to the individual fan. Mary, here, I'll, I'll make you almost an ultimatum, not for you, but for the fans. If they hate it so much that I say Jin Sunningen, they can edit the episode. <laughs> when I say the word here, I'll give you a couple choices: androids, cyborgs, artificial humans. They can re-edit me, resubmit it, and I'll put it in the feed. We'll do like the edited version. You can have versions A and B of the show. I like this. No, personally, I don't care. But <laughs> you know, people are gonna throw a shit fit over it if they do, or they will. They will. You think absolutely they will? they will? You think so? If they throw shit fits over us saying Saiyajin and Kudidin, then yeah, they're gonna blow their minds over Jinzo well, Ningen. Do they really throw a shit fit? I mean, YouTube responses No, it's are just one because thing. we make them feel stupid because we know what the actual phrases are and they don't like <laughs> being, you know, made to feel stupid. What do you think, though? It's, it's hard to say. It really is a both sides thing on this one because yeah. I agree with both of you on this one. Um, but... Yeah, I wouldn't even let the fans decide. It's your show. That's what I basically would leave it at. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's okay to leave it at uh, whatever it is. I can't even say it again. You can say whatever it is you want to say, Jeff. I like that. Well, no, because then if everyone says something different, then it's going to sound weird when we do later episodes. I still think it's okay to say the term. Because if either way, it's going to come up in the future anyway. Well, here's the thing. For the most part, going forward, collectively, sure, they're referred to as the Jinzo Negan. But individually, they're just called, you know, number 19, number 20. That's basically what we'll just say when I'm referring to them. So, I mean, it's not that we'll never use the phrase again, but... Yeah, for one or two chapters, that's not a big deal. All right. And I'm not saying I disagree with it. I prefer that phrase. I'm just saying you just need like to cautiously. you need to expect the shit storm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it'll actually happen. Okay. I don't know because <laughs> it's you know, tough. It's tough to say. I, I think for the most part, if people have listened this far, <laughs> they know the phrases that we use, and they're like, okay, these are people that are fans of the Japanese version. I don't know. Do you think people are going to be pissed that we say Doctor Garo? That's another thing. Yeah. Well, why is Why is that? The Funimation they pronounce it. Dr. Gero. Gero. Almost like Frenchy. Oh, no, no, no. Then you're getting into a dub versus sub thing. I, ignoring. Mary, I, I totally bring it back to things like Gero. We knew that long before from oh, yeah, the didn't. Existed. We didn't need a dub for that. I mean, you watch like a fan sub and it's just spelled G E R O. Gero. Yeah, you hear it spoken. 
So I hear spoken Jinzonigan. Sure, it's a Japanese word. I'm sure, there's a translation for it. And it comes back to later things like people using uh, Nova Shenron or whatever it is for those dragons. I have no familiarity with those terms. I will never use those because I already have you know, a decade of familiarity with saying Ishinron and that kind of stuff. Okay, wait, I got an idea. All right. Not Jinzonigan. Let's right. call them Mega Men. Mega Men? Mm, or Mecha Men. <laughs> Mecha Men. Mecha Men. Awesome. Mecha Men 19 and Mecha Men 20. I come up with great ideas. I'm going to start a new fan term, spread it all over the internet. Mecha Men. Someone make a video called Mecha Men. I really want to see that. Let's move on to other points of discussion. I don't know how many more I have. I think I went through all my questions. I got something. I got something. I got something. Yeah, please. I mean, there's plenty for us to discuss here. Time jumps. Oh, my God. God, there were a lot of time jumps. Yep, yep, we're all over the place. It's almost reminiscent of the original Dragon Ball here. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong, when they kind of zoom past 130 days, are they in the same desert? Desert? Aren't they in, like, this area when they do the whole wishing thing? They're at Capsule Core. They are? Yeah, I think it makes a note in there that all the neighbors freaked out, but then they figured it was just Dr. Brief doing crazy experiments again. That is true. Yeah, they're hanging out with because remember she invited all the Mechians to stay with her and even Vegeta, and he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that a woman has acknowledged me. But they say they wish people back. I'm just trying to see where... Yeah, since Shaozu and Tenshinhan to return for a second round. Okay, so they're there. Then when do they do the wishing for Tenshinhan and Shaozu? I think it's off screen in the manga. Oh, okay, that's why I'm confused. I'm just confusing times in here. Either way... 130 days, another 130 days, then three years. That's a lot of jumping. Yeah. I know the anime has filler to this. Uh, yeah, the Namekians play mini golf at Capsule Core. How could I not see that happen? I, honestly. I'm not kidding either. It's, it's actually used in the uh, dub's ending theme. <laughs> you can only bring it over to Funimation thing. Mary, isn't the choice of footage in that closing so strange? And the opening, too. <laughs> the opening and ending credits. It's like just pick the weirdest, most horribly drawn scenes that they could possibly pick. I don't understand. They should have just stuck with Rock the Dragon, with the beautifully animated movies. Okay, Rock the Dragon's awesome, in retrospect. <laughs> if I had to pick between column A and column B, I'm like, Rock the Dragon is freaking art. <laughs> Which is the least smelly turn here? <laughs> Oh, well, sure. What did you guys think about that shift in time? I thought it was kind of jarring a little bit. I'm so used to it by now, though. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a lot in a short amount of time. True. Yeah. It is. I agree. But what else do you do in the meantime? I mean, we're training. We know that this is coming up. We know we have until this year on this date at this time. So why show hanging out in the meantime? I'm still a whiny fanboy from the first few volumes. volumes. I want to see the training. Yeah. yeah. I want to see what they do. Darn it. It's there like, some more God. in the TV version. Well, it's like, I want to see Goku learn the teleportation thing. I mean, come on. Before Frieza shows up, Gohan has a creepy teacher. In fact, <laughs> he's, he's homeschooled. All right, maybe I'm regretting saying that. <laughs> and then he has a strange nightmare with Frieza. Okay, this is getting even worse. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're asking for this stuff. It's there if you want to go watch it. Yeah, but it's not in the printed awesome form. <laughs> All right, sure. It's in the animated, kind of not-so-good animation day form. What other stuff you want to talk about? Character motivations? What? Teleportation. Teleportation. All right, so let's describe this. I say Shunkanido, and we uh, said it was instantaneous movement. It's very similar. It essentially is teleportation. But they make a note to say instantaneous movement rather than teleportation. In quotes. I still have a massive problem with the way you pronounce that. Shunkanido? Yeah, because when I watch the show, especially when Goku is telling the whole group, this is what I learned, and they all repeat it after him as a question, they all, I could have sworn they all say, Shunkaido? Shunkanido? No, I'm hearing one less syllable than you are. It's I'm going to like pop it in or something. Shunkanido. 
Shunkaido. It's actually Shunkan Ido. Maybe they just slur it really fast. I'm going to yeah, pop it in. Maybe. They're native speakers. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's been bugging me for like years. I it's Shunkaido. 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 Yeah. Gonna watch it now. Hey. Right. Do you want me to put in the sound sample of them repeating it right here? I'll yeah, do it. Do do it. it. We're gonna All see right. who wins. Done. What other stuff? I, I feel like there's so much we could talk about here. There's so much going on in this volume. Well, the fact that Bulma and Vegeta end up with each other. Okay. How natural is that? Or unnatural is that? I mean, we kind of get hints of Bulma slightly flirting with Vegeta yeah, at yeah. the beginning of this volume. So, I don't know. Is it just that they're it. both desperate and angry people? Like I don't says, know. You know, she kind of saw him there and... You know, Yamcha's off doing his own thing. They never got married. He's a bastard child, really. I buy it. They're just banging on the side. Kid popped I out. I buy it, too. <laughs> he popped out. Poma's <laughs> <laughs> popping out, kids. I have to say Toriyama's a genius. Cause, <laughs> okay. Because I wasn't thinking about it because I was concentrating more on her horrible hair. <laughs> I mentioned this as I was redoing the notes. Within the span of, I think, three pages, she goes through three hairstyles. It's yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, pretty much. It's all the time skips. Oh, that hair. Oh, it's horrible. It's just... And she has a she has a huge Britney Spears moment with, like, I want to see the people who are going to blow up the earth with her baby in tow. Yes. <laughs> oh, this, this is going to come up again with characters. Oh, trust me. Yeah, yes. it gets a lot worse. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know the TV announcer guy later, but, like, seriously, Bulma with a kid? I mean, this just... <sighs> Alright, how about the very last panel? The two people standing wearing the terrible clothes. What do you think? This about was an this? instance, and I'm not gonna say anything spoilerific, but pretty much Toriyama's editors didn't like the designs for these two characters, correct? Which well, is why we I had, can, okay, me. these, and then these, and then him. So yeah, I can see why his editors were like, yeah, try again. <laughs> You're not intimidated? No. <laughs> My fat man and an old man <laughs> with horrible clown outfits? No. I love, I love the outfits here. I'm confused. Okay. Because I'm very non-threatened, but I'm very heavily amused by it. So you're amused by them. Well, let's just put it this way. I think Frieza's character design yeah. so amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. stunningly amazing. Like you can see the polish on his skin. You know, like it's just so great. Going to this, it's uh, definitely a turn. <laughs> can't say the same thing about these characters. But, you know, I've learned in the past that you can't trust anything by how they look. And certainly that is very true of aliens or time travelers, I guess. Mecha men, Jeff. Come on. Mecha men. Stay with me here. Yes, absolutely. Of these mecha men, I'm gonna have to remember that they're that they're actually uh, mechanical humans because artificial humans. Artificial ningen. <laughs> no, Jeff. Jinzo ningen. Jinzo ningen. Oh no, ningen. Yeah, that's right. Um, but still, I don't know. It, they're not. <laughs> we're just asking for it. I love it. <laughs> well, either way, I'm not very intimidated. At the same time, I know what's coming up. Do you know? Is it prediction time? Yeah, let's go to predictions. I. Again, there's so much stuff, but I feel like we, you know, have run the course with it. So, Jeff, we've ended with we are three years in the future. Uh, you know, Trunks has come and left again. Here we are. Uh, Yajirobe's hover car just blew up. And these two beings have now landed on the ground in somewhere uh, around South City. Wait, that's right. Yajirobe. He was in that thing <laughs> yes. and it exploded. Yeah. I saw his parachute. He's okay. Thank you, Mary. Oh, actually, I, I didn't. Good hustle there. Uh oh. <laughs> Jeff. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. What are your predictions? Hold on. I got to grab next volume. I mean, I know what happens, but I got to figure out where it ends. 
All right, it ends with... Yes. Oh, no kidding. All right. All right, so, Jeff. <laughs> yes. What do you think is going to immediately happen from right here on? Immediately what is going to happen is these two beings are going to uh, cause some destruction. Okay. I certainly can predict that. I, I think there's going to be some destruction in the city. And it's going to be rather hard to get them out of the city or, or get them to start fighting because they don't want to attract the huge attention of the humans. And if I remember correctly, the, the other people and the, it, it, like the, the uh, other existing humans, I guess you could say of the planet yeah. don't really know about the existence. This is me being biased towards the, what I know in the future. Yeah. Like they're not aware of these super fighting characters until later anyway. Yeah. For the most part, and, which is so strange because they've seen the Tenka Ichibudo guy. Right. Like, but, they know what's coming. And especially in the TV version, we have so much of them filming this Iogen fight and being broadcast on the news. So they kind of know. At the same time, though, it's still before that point where I know that happens. So if anything, right. I'm still going to say that uh, the townspeople are going to have uh, a huge problem on their hands. I think there's going to be some destruction there. Okay. Uh, they may take the fight outside the city. I'm actually going to predict that. I'll, I'll, I'll say that they're going to take the fight outside I somehow. I mean, Goku did that with Vegeta. Right, like they're right. going to somehow distract them out. Okay. I mean, we don't even know what their intent is, if you think Very about true. it. True, true. They haven't even said anything, for that matter. Either way, uh, yeah, that's where I'll start. Um, I don't know what else can possibly happen, other than uh, maybe even like an explanation as to the doctor. We haven't even seen who the doctor is. Well, here, I have one big question for you before we get the rest of your predictions. How do you feel about bringing back the Red Ribbon Army here? As Trung says, Dr. Garrow was the lead scientist for the Red Ribbon Army, which you destroyed. He survived. He made these Jinzo Ningen. Yeah, I wasn't such a huge fan of the Red Ribbon Army, so okay. or, um, about that coming back, uh, it makes sense. I think uh, it's kind of like, oh man, I'm drawing blanks. I know there's like other stories that I've read or seen or whatever where this type of thing occurs where a, a very long gone organization has some yeah. very powerful things that weren't unleashed until that later. happens in One Piece constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was in One Piece where that came up. But uh, in here, um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of relevance to that idea. Where, um, the Red Ribbon Army, I don't know if, I, I can't say that the whole thing comes back or that there's this, you know, new NU Red Ribbon Army, you know? <laughs> if With anything. Lots on top. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it being a factor much. Okay. Personally, I think it's cool that Toriyama's acknowledging, oh, you know, we have this past and it's coming to bite you on the ass, Goku. Yeah. All right, so rest of your predictions, Jeff. You think uh, uh, they're going to cause some problems, they're going to leave the city and somehow distract them, continue the fight. Where is this going, though? Well, we got to know what their purpose is. Right. So We've always known the intent of villains, at least, whether it's just you know, take over the world or be the strongest. Yep. We don't know anything about them. And actually, they can't even sense their key. Yeah, that's true. So we don't know what their intent is, or, or I mean, we we kind of know that they're hell bent on destroying things, right? I mean, we know they're bad, right? Because uh, the doctor died, and so they're in. Re oh no, no, the doctor died later, didn't he? He's still alive here he because they were going to plan to kill him. Trunks said that Doctor Garrow was killed by numbers nineteen and number twenty. But these are numbers. I'm not saying anything. We don't even know that yet. I thought we did know that. All you know is that these two people just showed up, blew up a hover car, and landed on the ground. Holy crap. Well then, hard for me to say exactly. We're going to find out their intent, maybe some of their backstory. To all the people that know where this goes, I, I do have something to talk about. There was a, I'm, I'll just say a correction, blah, blah, blah. you know what this is. We'll cover it next volume next month, but. Wow. That shouldn't mean anything to you, Jeff. Hopefully not. 
No, I'm afraid not. Okay, so where the hell is this going? No more copping out. What do you got? Uh, well, I said fighting. <laughs> so welcome to Dragon Ball. Yeah. Okay. Um, destruction of the Earth from two <laughs> mechanized men. D- Mecha men. Mecha men. I I guess that's all I'm basically gonna see for now. I can't even tell I've you. I noticed where. as we continue onwards. Every volume, you come to this, uh, I don't know, more and more each time. You just have no idea where to go. You say it makes sense. You know, In retrospect, it makes sense this is how we got here. But it seems like you can no longer look forward anymore to see where Toriyama is taking this. And is that a problem? What does that mean about you or Toriyama? Do you think it means anything in particular? For me, that means that, well, either I'm paying less attention. I don't think that's true, though. Then I think this manga gets better. Okay. Because if it's going to keep me guessing or, or if it's just going to uh, keep pulling me forward as long as there's intelligent ways of doing that without seeming over the top or, hey, guess what's next? You know, that sort of idea, then I, I'm all for it. Keep me going. All right. That's all I got. Any final thoughts you want to toss into the mix, anyone? I guess, did we like this volume? Yes or no? <laughs> final thoughts. Oh, we didn't ask that, did we? I liked it. I'm not asking Mary Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. All right, Jeff. I loved it. You did love it. I did. I I really did. This is an excellent, excellent volume. So you're not done. You haven't quit. Oh, no, no. Definitely the opposite. Uh, Frieza got squashed. That's all I care about. Excellent. We move on. Two interesting characters are coming up. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Cool. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you. No problem. We will see you next month to continue onwards into a new era of the Dragon Ball manga. I'm so psyched. Sweet. And we're back. So uh, I guess it's releases time. Let's turn it over to the release calendar for July. First thing we got going on is... uh, Actually, it just came out, but we'll mention it. It is TV version anime comics... Dragon Ball Z Majin Buu Fukatsu Hen Volume 1. The Animanga continues, as Julian puts it, the redundantly redundant version. This is 730 yen and uh, July 3rd, so Friday. Yes, it's the comic book based on the TV show, based on the comic book. Wait, what? <laughs> based on loosely a Chinese fairy tale. Yeah, very loosely. <laughs> very, very loosely. It's certainly not at this point anymore. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. I don't remember a big pink demon in Journey to the West. Although there may have been. All right. Uh, Julian, this is coming out in your land on the 23rd. What we got? Yes, on the 23rd, we've got Tenkaichi Daiboken, uh, which is uh, coming out for the Nintendo Wii. It's the Japanese release, and it will be known outside of Japan as the Return of King Piccolo. It's retailing for 7,140 yen. Oh, God. Yep. It's going to pay that. Well, <laughs> Japanese fan. Uh, anyway, and it's 68.90 at PlayAsia. Thank you. Actually, Julian, why don't we stick with you in Japan as well, then? next day. Okay, the very next day on July 24th comes Dragon Ball Evolution. It's the Japanese release on DVD and Blu-ray. It comes in three flavors, actually. There's the standalone DVD version, the Blu-ray version, and a super special limited edition Blu-ray, which also includes the DVD. And that's 3,990, 4,990, and 4,990, respectively. I guess that last one, the DVD, isn't actually worth anything. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, maybe that's saying something about the movie, but we won't go there for now. Anyway, (laughs) there you can get a couple of bucks off that at CD Japan if you order it from there, and it includes English subtitles. But, I don't know, the the dub wasn't 
that different from the English version. I caught a couple of things, like they actually say Dragon Radar instead of whatever they said. Ah, right, right. The, That's cool. Yeah. Alrighty, Mary, I've got it on pre-order. Waiting for it to come in. What comes out on the 28th? Alright, it's the American home release of Dragon Ball Evolution. Comes out in two versions, a DVD and Blu-ray edition. Amazon has got them on pre-order for $18.99 and uh, Blu-ray for $35.99. Although, no, no. no, it's down to $27.99. That's good right. Stuff. Save some bucks there. Yeah, good, good, good. That's it. Uh, I know we're still waiting on some Spanish release dates and French release dates, but I haven't seen them updated since we last recorded, so we will leave that behind and turn it over to an email or so. First email we have here comes to us from Dylan. I will read it, and I am interested in all of your responses. It's only loosely related to Dragon Ball, but because that's one of our bigger fandoms, it does affect these things. So, hello folks at Daizenshu EX. I was just wondering what your favorite conventions are. Anyone who is there can answer. Julian, I'm going to start with you. Well, I really haven't been to that many. I've been to Anime Next in New Jersey. I've been to Anime Boston in Boston twice. And I have been once to, oh god, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was this tiny thing in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, that was not too memorable. But out of those, I'd say probably uh, Anime Next was the most enjoyable, if only because I get to see Mike and Mary and all their crazy friends. You know, it's like a big hangout, really. The convention isn't so much the focus as just being with people. Good answer. I approve. Mary, how about you? That's a really tough question. I don't know because I like all the ones I've been to in different ways. <laughs> I was going to say, if we keep going to it, we probably like it yeah. in capacity. The, the three staple ones we go to are Otakon Anime Next and Anime Week in Atlanta. And I like AWA because of the AMVs. I like Otakon for the bigness and the multitude of events. And I like Anime Next for the hanging out with people. Well, here's the thing. This year is totally uh, different from every other year. Yeah, we're only going to Otakon to cut costs. So I was going to say, I didn't think you guys went to Anime Next. Nope, nope. And we're not going to AWA either. So it's just Otakon uh-huh. for us this year. We're not doing any panels. It, yeah, it doesn't mean I don't like the year. other two, but this year, you know, bought a house. <laughs> not <laughs> right. going to, trying to, you know, pay for an actual vacation. So cutting back on the Anime Cons. I don't know if I have a favorite, but I'm leaning towards Otakon slightly. Yeah. My answer is twofold. One is the current stuff that we keep going to. It's definitely Otakon. It's the combination of the friends, like you're talking about, Julian, you know, the people you hang out with, the bigness, like you were saying, Mary, of the convention. Everything there is just grand in scale, and it's still fun and exciting for me to go there. And the Despite Harbor the fact awesome. that you don't nearly watch as much anime as no, I do. I don't give a rat's ass about anime anymore. What do I care? I just talk about Dragon Ball every week, but it's still a fun time there. My retroactive answer for the past is actually Shoujo Con. That was just a local thing dedicated to Shoujo, in name at least. There was some other stuff there. I picked up tons of cool Dragon Ball stuff there over the years. Some of the Animanga from the movies, and I don't even remember what else. It was just another one of those local cons with local friends hanging out. The con is just the atmosphere for the hanging out. We really enjoyed it the few years that it existed, and I kind of miss it because it was right down the road. So there you go. I think those are our answers. Julian, I'm going to read this one primarily to you, but I think we can all answer it. So this comes to us from Southie. Southie from Scotland here, the place above England that people seem to forget. Anyway, my question. Hi to anyone that's on the podcast while this is being read out. I recently found out that One Piece had taken over Dragon Ball in manga sales, making it the best-selling manga of all time. Me being a bigger fan of One Piece, I was happy about the news, but I'm wondering how all of you felt. 
coming from a Dragon Ball fan's point of view. Also, do you or have you watched One Piece? If so, how about a slot on a future podcast discussing the two One Piece Dragon Ball OVAs? Thanks for reading out my question, and keep up the good work at the site and podcast. All right, Mr. One Piece fan, take it away. Yeah, so I'm a fan of both, and I think it's pretty cool. One Piece is a lot of fun, and in some ways it's a little bit different from Dragon Ball in that it really goes out of its way to develop a kind of emotional drama with the characters. I mean, Dragon Ball, when you get down to it, is mostly about fighting. I mean, it's not that there's not drama. Right, there is. We love the characters and stuff, but... But I think... Uh, especially the creator of One Piece, really goes out of his way to develop the characters at least just enough that you care about them and are interested in who they are. There are a huge amount of characters in One Piece, and yet most of them are memorable in some small way, and and even the villains often are at least somewhat identifiable with the audience. So Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I really think it's I think it's fitting that One Piece is the one that gets to overtake Dragon Ball. The author is a huge fan of Toriyama and Toriyama's kids enjoy One Piece. <laughs> so I guess that's a seal of approval right there. Are you caught up? I mean, do you keep up with the manga every week with the TV version? Uh, I'm caught up with the manga, but I haven't watched the anime in a while. It's a combination of not having a TV, not having a lot of time and you know, I feel, well, I've already read it, so I'll skip the anime for right now. Gotcha. But I check out the more important episodes. There was a recent episode, which was quite heartrending in its own way, even though I know what happens next. Nice. I guess in some respects, it's, you know what's happening, but it's the journey to get to that point. The stuff that they can do there really tug at your heart. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could think of no other show that would make you cry over a ship. <laughs> is that a spoiler? No, nah, I already knew about it. I don't know what, if you spoil it for someone else. We won't say what it is. Let me turn it over to Mary. Our history with One Piece is a little weird, but... Yeah, we were majorly obsessed with it when we first started getting into it, and then it just got really hard to keep up with all the episodes, and we haven't been following the manga much here in the U.S., but we still love it, even though we haven't watched it in probably oh, at yeah. least two years. I still love the characters so much. I really miss them, too. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it's fitting also that the manga takes over Dragon Ball. It helps that there's more volumes of it, so right. it's kind of inevitable that <laughs> Julian, that happened down the line. Let me interrupt you real quick, yes. Mary. Julian, did it... I know it passed it in volumes. Did it do it in chapters as well? Uh, let's see. I think what, we talked about that recently. Most, most recent chapter is chapter 549. Oh, so it has. Actually, that that's uh, this coming Monday. All right, so... But you know how it comes out of Mary, it. it's accurate. There's more of it to sell to people. Right, so... That's natural. Yeah, it's not like I'm angry yes, or anything. The chapters are also about four pages longer on average than Dragon Ball chapters. Okay, so, so. yeah, it's a significant amount more. I, I think that's a good way to put it. We're not angry or anything. I mean, it sure, it's fitting. There's more of it. It's kind of living the Dragon Ball legacy now into new century, new millennium, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I miss it. I'd love to get back into it at some point. It's so much different now, though, you know, pushing the 30 number to keep up with such a large Shonen series than it was when we first got into Dragon Ball, where, you know, we had all the free time in the world to dedicate to something like that. It can be tough to do it over here. Julian, let's uh, finish up this email here with that last question. Tell me about these One Piece Dragon Ball Z OVAs. What are they? Yes, so, um, OVAs. How best to put it? Well, there was one item that was a number of years back that was held at uh, Odaiba Aqua City in a structure they have. It's very near Fuji TV headquarters in Tokyo on an artificial island that was at one point used, or going to be used as a battery of cannons to defend against foreign ships before the major revolution. But anyway, that's beside the point. But anyway, they had this sort of interactive multimedia event 
that starred Dragon Ball characters and One Piece characters teaming up against Eneru, the guy who has lightning powers. And it had like a gigantic Shenlong puppet thing in the middle. So it was sort of interactive special. And then there was another... Um, crossover manga thing called Cross Epic, which was done for the 10th anniversary of One Piece, which was basically the story was Dragon Ball and One Piece characters getting together to attend a big party, because they're all buds, I guess. Because <laughs> that's what happens in the fun extra chapters. You put a smile on my face, but it's just fluff. Right. I think there is one extra video feature from one of the events that included Astro Boy. Have you seen that one? Uh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No, no. I'm pretty sure it's along the same lines as the first one. Maybe it was the next year or a couple of years later, but it was the same kind of thing. Multiple screens and big event, that kind of thing. Probably. I know they're all over YouTube, and since they were live events, you can't really get them on home video or anything like that, so the best we can do is just kind of watch people's constructions of the multiple screens from the event over on YouTube. Mary, do you remember watching any of these with me at any point? I can't remember. No, I don't think I've ever seen any of them all the way through. Oh, okay. They're cool to check out. It's the Gomu Gomu Kamehameha, stuff like that's always fun to see them all team up together. So that's it. Mary, if people have any kind of questions, that kind of stuff, where are they going? Send emails on over to podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Excellent. So with the emails done, let's wrap it up with the contest info. Right now, we are giving away a copy of the, yeah, Break, Care Break CD single. It is the closing theme to Dragon Ball Kai. This is the limited edition version of the CD. Comes with, yeah, basically just an extra card for that Dragon Battlers arcade game. But it's got the theme song and the Over the Star. So Over the Star, Over the Stars. I think it's plural. Uh, image song on there. We reviewed the CD single last week on the show, so if you want some more info, you can check that out. Giving it away. Mary, it's a random drawing email contest. People get one entry. Where's it going to? Contest at DiZX.com. C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Thank you much. Get in your entries by this coming Friday, July 10th at 12 noon Eastern Time. Get a little less than a week. There is a page on the website. Just check over on the right-hand side of the homepage, a link to the full contest page, a reminder of the email address, the rules, picture of the CD, all that stuff. Julian, we didn't get your thoughts last week on the song. How do you feel about the uh, full-length version of it? I think it's pretty decent. Um, I mean, it's a shonen song in traditional style, and I felt like the the image song was, eh, uh, all right. I think that's about how Mary felt about the CD. I think we're all kind of, eh, about everything. Whatever. We don't have to love everything. Upcoming shows. We got the manga review that you just listened to. I know we have a follow-up interview with Team Four Star coming in the near future. Herms is going to be joining us at some point, hopefully this month, to talk about battle powers, because we're finally past that point in the manga, so we can have a full discussion about it. I'd like to do a review of the Bardock TV special, now that we got Jeff past that point. Like pulling in people to talk about these various things. So we got some good stuff coming for you. Uh, good doing an episode with all of you. Julian, good talking to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you guys too. I guess you can go to bed now. Cool. <laughs> um, let me say goodbye to Mary first, though. Mary? Yo! Hey! Now I can go shower. <laughs> Excellent. Anything you want to plug? Uh, nope. You, my site's not up yet. And Give me your login to GoDaddy. I'll take I, care of shit. I don't know what it is. All right. We'll figure it out. Okay. Anyway, coming soon. 
Temple of Trunks, maybe. <laughs> Coming soon to an old internet near you, Temple of Trunks. All right, Julian, you and I, Daizen Shuiex. can be found at daizex.com, which is www.daizex.com. Or as you have it put on the website, daizex.com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah, I like to be funny sometimes. So that's it for Mary over there and for Julian off in Japan. My name is Mike, and we'll see you next week. Daizenshu EX Podcast. Ah, Konju wa mo wari, wari. Ah, shindoi wa neru, neru. Ah, raishu kike ya. Goku, Gohan, and Piccolo fly off toward where's the...